Good morning, church. I just wanted to tell you, the lights are really bright up here. and Actually, I just wanted to say thank you. Uh, the uh, I've gotten sunglasses. I've gotten three Yeti uh, deals. Uh, the lost and found's a great thing. Uh, and if you're saying, where's your lost and found? Well, uh, lost is where you left it, and found is where I picked it up. So... Uh, but if you have some lost and found, well, you can check around. We might still be around, or you might see me drinking out of it or wearing it. Uh, we'll see how that goes. It's good to have everybody. Uh, you should be, you should have in your hand, uh, everybody have a magazine yet? Hold those up. Let's see who has them. All right, all right. We've about got everybody. If you need one, hold your hand up. We've got some guys that will take care of, of giving, giving those to you. I mean, look, let's face it. What other preacher gives you reading material just in case? You know what I'm saying? You, I mean, you ought to be saying right now, you know, my, that's a good guy. We need to keep him around. That's a, uh, we'll talk about that after a while. Or you can go ahead and read if you'd like. So, uh, you know, we're starting a new series called World Changers today. And at the end of this series, in uh, uh, October, we will be having our missions collection uh, and uh, we do this every year in terms of taking up money to supply what we support here locally but we also you know do things around the world through uh, uh, world radio relief ministry which we've combined to call one kingdom but really all of our missions is really what one kingdom is about got it so that that is our arm out to the world we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, a little bit later but uh, uh, what is this idea, and are we really mandated to take the gospel to the whole world? You know, the disciples, it took them a while to get it, so I'm not surprised if it takes some of us a little while to get it, too. Turn to, uh, with you, if you would, with me in the book of Acts, chapter 1. In Acts, chapter 1, there's an interesting thing. You know, Luke, who wrote... Uh, the doctor who wrote the book of Luke in his first volume writes at the very end of that book in Luke 24 that repentance and forgiveness is going to be preached to every nation, to all nations. And that's the whole goal. And he tells the disciples this. And uh, and, and so he's getting ready to, to send them out to do this. And they're like, oh yeah, we got it. But then they really didn't get it because in Acts chapter 1, Luke continues recording. He writes this book too. And he's going to tell uh, what uh, the extent of Jesus' ministry. Earlier he told what Jesus began to do and teach. And now he's going to show how that happened throughout the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 1, the, 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 the death, burial, and resurrection has taken place. The ascension has yet to happen. Jesus is getting ready to leave us the world and, and leave it to some guys and, and ladies to take this gospel to the world. And just to show you they didn't quite get it, look in the verse uh, 6 of Acts 1. So when they met together, they asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? Now, you get that? Are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? You ever think Jesus wanted to say, wait a minute, guys, did you not hear me when I said we're going to preach repentance and forgiveness to where? 
every nation. We're going to go into all the world, to every group, everywhere. And now you're back all of a sudden asking again, hey, what about, when are you going to to restore the kingdom to us, to Israel right here now? Is it all about me? And here's here's what's neat about his answer. I want you to look look at what this answer is, by the way. He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority. He basically says this. This idea of figuring out when he's going to come and, and restore kingdom, all that kind of thing. He said, look, let, let, let me put it like this. Jesus basically said, guy, this ain't none of your business. That's what he tells them. And how, how often, though, do we get caught up in that kind of thing? It doesn't take but, but one, uh, uh, one big uh, uh, attack in the Middle East or something happening o- over in some uh, other country, and, and all of a sudden people start getting out their sermons where we see the end of the world coming, right? And the charts come out, and the calculators come out, and the dates come out, and the calendars come out, and everybody's going to predict something that Jesus said right here, that ain't none of your business. But now he's going to tell them what their business is. Look what he says. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Here's what he says. This is not your business, but now here's what is your business, and here's how you're going to complete your business. So, so he tells them, you're going to need some things about this. You're going to, you're going to have the energy that's supplied by the Holy Spirit to give you what you need to take this good news to every man in his own language. You're going to go to the ends of the world. That's going to happen around your Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, but you're going to go everywhere with this message of the gospel. You see, it is our goal, because it is the goal of God, to to see God-filled people, His people filled with His Spirit, to take His message to a world to bring them to Him, to have their sins forgiven and live with Him for eternity. And that's what you and I get to participate in. That even though in all of our messes and our weaknesses and all of our lack of talent, God said, I'm going to use you to do this right here. Because this is how he did the very people, right? The Galileans. Now, you might remember back in Genesis chapter 11, they were building a big old tower. Remember that? And God said, you know what? I'm going to divide all of y'all up. I'm going to put some over here. You're going to speak this language. Some's going to speak that language. Some's going to speak that language. Some that. You know, the languages and nations was God's idea, by the way. You got it? And so you're going to have all that happening. That's in chapter 11. In chapter 12, he calls a guy named Abraham to him. Remember? And he says, Abraham, you're, you are going to bless all the, what? Nations of the world. And then Romans is going to explain how that happens because of the gospel by faith, an Abraham kind of faith, you see. We are in that family. We are, can you, you, uh, how many of you have ever been to VBS? How many of you ever had your kids come home singing from camp to Father Abraham and many sons, right? Many sons had Father Abraham. I, I am one of them and so are you. So let's just what? 
Let's just praise the Lord, her get in the car, let's go home. I mean, you know, I mean, like, you're driving me crazy with this song, right? And so, this father, hey, where do they get that? They're teaching those kids early, and I like it. Look, they're part of something, a heritage and a lineage that comes all the way from Abraham. And I am one of them. What? I'm one of them? I'm one of those. I'm, I'm connected to him by faith. And so are you and everybody else who gets in this thing called the family of God. And this is going to bless every nation in the world. So when you, when you flip over, how, you get a picture of, he really starts with a picture of the end. Because in Revelation chapter 7, you've got this picture of a multitude, the Bible says, of people from every nation and every tribe and every language. And they're all around the throne and they're all saying, salvation belongs to our God and to to the Lamb. And every language is doing that. And every tribe is doing that. And every nation is doing that. So in Acts chapter 2, the amazement of Pentecost is not that the Holy Spirit showed up and did something. While that, that is the power that, that's seen, what's amazing, what bewildered and amazed, if you'll read the text, that what bewildered and amazed people in the crowd, which I think is not what bewilders and amazes us about the story sometimes. What bewildered them in the context was that when, the, when these guys all really just, I mean, simple Galileans, they get up. And they're filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And what happens? They speak in different languages that they've never studied before. And when they do that in tongues, they hear the wonders of God proclaimed. And it lists all those different nations that existed when you read Acts 2. Just, let's t- just turn over there real quick. Let's look at that for a second. In Acts chapter 2... See what, I'm going to have to pull out these lost and found jewels here. In Acts chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 3, They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them, and all of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. Now there were staying in Jerusalem God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. Got it? Now when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language, utterly amazed. They were bewildered and they're amazed. They asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our own native language? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia and Judea and Cappadocia and Pontus and Asia Phrygia and Pamphylia and Egypt and the parts of Libya near Serene and visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism and Cretans and Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues, amazed and perplexed. They ask one another, what does this mean? Now some, however, made fun of them and said, well, they've had too much wine. Peter said, no, they didn't have too much. They're not drunk because it's only what? Nine in the morning. Now, I don't know if he meant by that. Now, if you look, if it was not nine, maybe they would be dry. I don't think so. You know, but, but he's saying, look, 
what you're hearing is something from God, right? But what he pictures here is exactly what happens at the end when the gospel goes to the whole world. It's the Romans 7 picture of every nation, every people, every tribe, and every tongue proclaiming and praising God. And that's what happened in Acts 2. He gives us the strategy by which we reach the world. See, when we originally started the ministry of world radio, it wasn't that radio... If you're unfamiliar with that, you need to find out. It's not that, I mean, we're in like a hundred different nations and a hundred different languages. But you know how many languages there are in the world? Over 7,000. We're not there yet. You know what the number one language spoken in the world is? One that probably nobody in here speaks, Mandarin Chinese. So we've got a ways to go. But look, what he's picturing here and what happened in Acts 2 is, is exactly the strategy of how we're going to reach the world. When we started World Radio, we said the goal was to take the gospel to every man in his own what? In his own language. That's the goal. Because that's a biblical mandate, you see. We're trying to get the gospel to every group of people around the world. So everything we do, we have to ask ourselves, does this make that happen? Because that's what world changers do. They figure out how to change the world and even those that are different than them in the world. We don't ever want a church that all looks the same. Otherwise, we're not doing our job. And and look, there ought to be every every kind of race, every kind of, uh, all, all kinds of nations, all kinds of languages within the body of Christ. And look, we don't want to be color blind. We want to be colorful. So he lays out a strategy for this. This is how you're going to do it. Now, these apostles, they didn't get it at first. He tells them to go to all the nations. They say, okay. Then the first question they ask before he ascends is, are you bringing the kingdom to us? He said, look, that's none of your business. Let's get back on that. Here's what your business is. Go be witnesses to Jerusalem, Judea, and other most parts of the world. Well, how are we going to do that? You're going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And what's going to happen on that day is all these people are going to hear it in their language. And guess where it's going from there? All those nations. So... The rest of the book of Acts is a history and a recounting of how God, through the church, took the gospel to turn the world upside down. And he left us that for us to do the same. So you see, every ministry we have, whether it's our relief ministry, our relief ministry doesn't exist just to bring Relief, although obviously compassionate people do that, right? But it doesn't exist just for that. It exists so that people see the love of God. They don't see us. They see the love of God in us, and they're drawn not to us but to Him. And that becomes an opportunity to take the gospel. Sometimes it's around here in Jerusalem. Sometimes it's at the end of the world. 
Sometimes it's a flood that hits Louisiana where we do relief work. Sometimes it's in Ethiopia, it's in Poland, it's in places we've been all around the world. But the goal, never forget, is not just to meet a physical need. I, I was always a fan of that phrase, don't give them a fish but do what? Yeah, teach them how to fish. But you know what, that's really short-sighted. I, it's not about giving them a fish and it's not about teaching them how to fish. It's about teaching them who made the fish. You got it? It's about introducing them to the creator of the universe. That's where we got to get to. That's the goal. If we improve somebody's life halfway around the world, that's okay. But that's not the goal. The goal is to get them to God. But that happens in our Jerusalem too. It happens right here when Randall Greer goes inside with Celebrate Recovery Ministry inside the prisons of the state of Louisiana. That's happening. When Manny goes and preaches in the jail, that's what's happening. When transformation is changing ladies' lives from addiction to, to Christianity to Christ followers, that's, that's what happens. That's taking it in, Jeru- in your own Jerusalem. When we're taking it to the Navajos and Tuba City that we're involved in, and that, that's Acts 2. And it starts right here at home. And you've been so good at this in so many ways. I want you to watch a video that shows just a little bit of what happens through One Kingdom or through you, through this church, through our missions, trying to reach even in our Jerusalem. Guys, let's see. I want y'all to know that when um, the flood hit us on March 6th, March 8th, I'm sorry, of 2016, I was discharged from the hospital on March 2nd of 2016. So I had been home about six days. Beverly Dobbs, David Bromley, they called late night, just, how are you, Betty? I just want to make sure you're okay. This this, uh, threat of this uh, of the extreme flooding and uh, all night they called me even to the next morning making sure I was okay and then and, and David Bromley and the other team came to evacuate me the morning of the flood that March 8th 2016 they were there to evacuate me David was in the house getting my bag to to, to to, to take me where I needed to be. I had neighbors in my community. They don't worship where I worship at White Spirit Road, Church of Christ in West Monroe. They, they worship with other congregations. But they came and told me, they said, during this most difficult time in my life, they had strangers from White Spirit Road to come into their community and offer help with sandbags and just asking, how can I help you? An army of people came from the church. I tell you what, I saw those uniforms of, of the workers that's coming to, to pull out all of the molding uh, items in my home and, and uh, to take care of me and, and, and my, my residents. And the church connected me with an out-of-town carpenter because 
an out-of-town contractor because all of the contractors were taken up. I thought I was going to have to wait so long to get help. But they found someone. An out-of-town contractor came in and set up and took care of me. Every day he was at my house until he got the work done. And that was just a sight for sore eyes. And I got real emotional because I said this. These people love God so much. They love Jesus so much. The Spirit is, they're so filled with the Holy Spirit so much that they would come in a mold-infected home. And that, that's a risk for them, too, to help me. It was the great lengths they went through to help me. And it's all because of the love of Jesus. Yeah, go, go ahead and put that next picture up there, guys. There you go. You know, uh, Betty, I just want to correct one thing. You had it right the first time when you said an out-of-town carpenter, right? And by the way, she, Betty didn't address the fact that she lost her husband during that time, too. And I thought about, I, can't, I, I don't know of anyone that's a better witness to our community, Betty, than, than you. And, and the people that you make an impact on. And so our Jerusalem. You see, when we do relief work, it's not just to relieve the suffering. We're creating witnesses for the communities around us. And ten years ago when Katrina hit, and New Orleans was flooded with water and we were flooded with people, Right? And yet, out of that relief work, we, we, we went into there just, I mean, just days right after it. And we got in there and started doing things with the brothers and sisters and helping in the community. Now, if you don't think they don't speak another language and other people, well, you haven't been to New Orleans, right? And out of that, helping through work with the work with the Carrollton Avenue, we planted a church, a brand new church, in a tough neighborhood called Holly Grove. Where even this last year, one of the brothers just walking home from church was shot and killed. Young man. And yet Charles and Angela have been in there and we planted that church. And this January, we're going to do a, a big celebration and open a house that, at that congregation. We're going to go down. We've already been invited, several of us, to go down and celebrate that. And a church was planted out of that disaster. And that's what we're about. You see... The Watsbury Road Church Missions Ministry, or One Kingdom, is not a designed organization by man. It is a divine organism by God to reach every man in his own language, every people, every nation. And it starts right here in our Jerusalem and goes to the end of the world. Got it? That's what you're a part of. See, every time, every time you give something to one of, the, one of the ministries, this tells stories about people being reached around the world. This is what happens. You're making that happen. Say, Mike, I didn't really do too much. I gave $5. You make, you make this happen. You made Holly Grove happen. 
Go, go, go on to the next uh, uh, slide, guys. Let's do one more. Go to the, where the message is. I want to stop to forget. Here's what I want you to take home. The message is Jesus. It's always about Jesus. The energy to do this is the Spirit. The strategy is every nation and every language. So as we're deciding what to do as a church and how we're going to reach people in our neighborhood, my neighbor and your neighbor, as well as our neighbors out in our Jerusalem, as well as around not just this nation, but nations around the world, that you understand this is not a mission thing that man came up with. God came up with this. We're fulfilling exactly what the apostles were told to go do. But sometimes, isn't it amazing, just like them, we don't get it. Sometimes we're saying, hey, it, what, about, what, about, uh, what about my preferences of how I like to do church? We're, it's, it's, is your kingdom for us now, God? Are you coming to restore everything to us? Is that what you're doing, Jesus? Are you here to make us have church about the way we like it? I mean, what's this thing about? Is it about me? It ain't about me. It's not about you. It's about the message of Jesus going to every man, child, every person we can get this word to. Because we, they need Jesus more than they need the next breath of fresh air. And it's time we get serious and get focused back on target, just like the disciples did. They got off target. we got to get them back on target. But you, full of the Holy Spirit, can make this happen in the whole world. Yeah, you can. Let's read the verse one more time. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be witnesses. Oh, can I get a witness? <laughs> In Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, David, West Monroe High School, Although I was nervous about that, Karen was dating David, and you know he's a, he's a non-Christian, and she's in my youth group at the time, and I'm like, that's great because I wanted to reach out. I'm like, I, hey, date non-Christians as long as we get to them early, and I don't get hooked into them much yet, you know. So finally, you know, it's one of those deals where I say, okay, Karen, we either got to you either got to convert him or cull him. But, I mean, there's going to be, a, you know, there's a line here, right? Whether it's reaching out there, whether it's what we're doing in summer at camp, whether it's the mission, short mission trips you're going on. How many have ever been on one of our mission trips? Raise your hand. Let me see. You're part of it. You're making this happen. Don't lose sight of how important this is. And when it does happen and you and I get to be a part of it, who gets the glory? God gets the glory. We get the encouragement. That somehow or another, in all of our mess, God still used us. And I think, I don't know why. I couldn't tell, I can't begin to tell you why He's allowed me to preach and work at this congregation. Because there's a lot of people, a lot more talented and a lot smarter than I am. Don't be too quick on amens. (laughs) But I do know that. But what an honor. What an honor. I feel so honored and unworthy, and yet I get to be a part of something that goes 
around the world. I think about Larry's ministry and we care. People being converted in the Philippines and in Mexico and tribe and nation and language. Right, Larry? That's why you got in it, right? That's all we got in it. Then I watched Wally baptize his two young sons yesterday, and I thought, that, that's what it's about. One generation to the next generation. And I don't want us to lose the power nor the simplicity to which God has called us in taking the gospel to all the world. And he's chose you. And he chose me to be a part of it. That's pretty exciting. This thing is an adventure. It's an adventure. And one day we're all going to be gathered around the throne. And there's going to be every language and every tribe and every nation, you know. I mean, you think about that. I don't know how many in here speak different languages. Uh, my wife thinks that what I speak in Arkansas is a different different language sometimes, but... You know, we do run into language barriers, by the way. I was sitting around talking to Ryan Lee, Robert and I was, you know, older guys to younger generation. And I said something about light bread. How many know what light bread is? Thank you. Ryan Lee, where are you? Watch. Look, Ryan. Robert looked it up on the internet, sent him a text. You know, here's what it means. He didn't know what light bread was. He said, what's light bread? He said, do you mean white bread? I said, no, light bread. If you don't know, find somebody that raised their hand and ask them, okay? He said, well, if we couldn't have biscuits, we couldn't have rolls, we couldn't have cornbread, that's okay, we'll just have light bread. All right, just ask, they'll tell you what that means. Communication, is it difficult sometimes? Sure. Someone says, Somebody else, the, the, the Spanish is here. Somebody else says, Como Vivo saying the Portuguese and Brazilians are here. Somebody else says, Good Morgan and the Germans are here. And I don't know any more than that. So <laughs> we're stuck. But we get to be a part in this church family of watching that happen all over the world. And I'm honored. Let's pray. Father, we really do want to be world changers. Sometimes that sounds like a huge task, but when we understand that it was just regular Galilean men who were willing and all their... Weaknesses and even misunderstanding from the very beginning about things that you used and that you can use the men and women in this audience. Help us to understand that, Father. Help us to pray to be used to reach the world. I pray, Father, that you'll bless all of our mission efforts. We do so many from here in a variety of places in our Jerusalem, in New Orleans, in Tuba City, in our prisons. We do around the world, Father, through ministries like World Radio and Relief and developing churches and training men to preach and sending men to schools and so many efforts 
different efforts of missions around the world through orphans' homes and, and helping those in need and trying to get them to understand who Jesus is. I, I pray for wisdom. I pray for discernment. But I pray, Father, more than anything, that worldwide you would wake the church up. That we would not lose focus of why we exist. That you, God, are calling your people who are full of your spirit to take your message to the lost to make them your children. We're not preaching that message to save them from their culture. We're preaching it to save them from their sin, just like you saved us. And we're grateful. Bless us in our efforts, Father. We know that you will empower the message and that you will work through our weaknesses, and we thank you for that. Father, it's only because of Jesus we can come to you, and we're grateful for your grace and mercy. May we do the right thing. Maybe, and Father, may we love mercy, and may we walk humbly in all we do. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, if you want in on this, you've never named the name of Jesus, that's what our invitation's about. If you've just been off track and said, you know, God, it's time for me to get my whole heart back to where it needs to be, and we'll be down here to pray together and to work together and let God rescue us all over again if we need to be. Right? That's what our invitation's about. And no one comes alone. We'll have folks down here to be with you. But if you have a need, you can come while we stand and while we sing the song. Oh.